this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Thank you for your word. I think of this moment that we have, and we we just look to you, and I pray that wherever our hearts are at, uh, that we're aware of your presence, that we're aware of your peace. We think of that moment, Lord, where your spirit speaks a bit of truth into our heart, and the lights come on in our mind to understand you, to know you. Uh, and to know you as our loving Father. We, we bless this moment, we bless this word, and we receive you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks, guys. Doing a great job. Band. Well, God is really good. Might as well start with good. And if you didn't know that, then you can. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good, and he is good. He's always good. Uh, Whether things aren't good or wherever things are at for you, circumstances, different things in your heart, God is always good, and he always has something for you. Uh, And I went out to Erina yesterday and was in a little bit of a hurry to get Ruth to a birthday party. My Ruth, she's 12, uh, She's 10. Mia's 12. Gee, it gets away, aren't you? Whew. Mia's going to be 13 in a few weeks. It's so much fun because you get the looks, you know. I don't know if she's in here. When they talk to you, when you talk to them, and they come on, we're going to go. That little mumble back. That's the phase of me. I've actually got four daughters. One's three. Uh, Grace has just turned eight. Wow. Uh, and then this is my wife, so that's my history there. Uh, Sarah, um, you know, always gets a mention on the uh, finance team, um, but she doesn't actually do anything. No, she does. She does, sorry. She is phone a friend, and Janelle will confirm that, because if um, there's ever something, Janelle will get on the phone, which happens five times a year, I think, um, a financial year. Uh, phone a friend, Sarah, what do we do? Um, she's your phone a friend too, right? Actually, I have another guy that I do a lot of work for. And then during all the COVID stuff, Sarah was the go-to person on the Central Coast for what to do if you own a business and you've got to navigate COVID. So then he was ringing her about what I've got to do with all these, you know, COVID this and COVID that, as we run a business together. And uh, uh, very early on in our marriage, I worked out that she was smarter than me, so she does run all the finances. And every now and then I just say, have we got money in our bank account? Uh, and she usually says yes. But if we were to ever like, like separate or something, which would never happen, I would be stuffed because I own nothing. Um, uh, and the funniest thing was I signed up to some superannuation thing and the guy, I, you know, when I was in my 20s, and the guy that came just signed me up and he's like, which one do you want? Oh, that one will do. When we got married, she realised I was insured for $6 million. And I owned nothing. It's like, why have you got, what am I insured for? $6 million. She was thinking about knocking me off. It crossed her mind. It did. 
crossed her mind and then we realised I had no superannuation because I was paying ridiculous fees. And I'm like, oh, right. You know, young guys, I deal with them all the time. That's what they're like. Fortunately, I've grown up a little bit. It's good news. Grown up a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, where I, I went to Erina and, you know, just finding a car park at Erina at this time of year when you're late for a birthday party can be a little bit tense in the car park. Uh, and I've noticed this year with COVID and just dealing in business with my staff, as, uh, particularly with my staff, and then clients, and then at this time of year there's always a childcare centre who's trying to get a job finished and they want to catch the next generation of kids so that they get their childcare finished, so they get next generation of kids, so they come into February, they're actually earning money and not paying ridiculous uh, amounts of money. So there's always a bit of tension on, on site. Uh, and it seems that um, uh, different people at, in different stages are uh, carrying a bit of tension. A little bit tense on the road. There's always been a bit of tension. I'm not sure if um, you're into that, but um, um, uh, I've said this before. Look, if you're in road rage, just speak Kiwi, Caleb. Hey, bro, don't cut me off, eh? That's not fair. Um, that's always just releases tension. But there's, um, there's uh, you know, there is um, uh, an answer if you've got, you know, a tense moment going on. Um, and if you actually read through the Bible, which is a good idea, um, I'll give you that advice, um, there, there, I think there's only one person that I can think of, and you can maybe think of someone else, but Enoch, I'm pretty sure he was about the only one who didn't have a tense moment. Um, there's pretty much always been a tense moment uh, in people's lives, and if you think about God, well, he had a tense moment in heaven, and Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, and then he had a tense moment in the garden with Adam and Eve, there was a bit of tension there. Uh, a bit of a tense moment went down, uh, and then it just went on from there, and through sin uh, and through, you know, people's free will, uh, the tense moments came. Adam and Eve, one of their sons killed one of their other sons. Pretty, pretty tense moment there, uh, and it just went on. Abraham sacrificed his son. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was a tense moment for Isaac because he was put on the altar. Uh, and it just went on. Every person, if you go on, David was persecuted by Saul. He's just having a tense moment in the desert. He's just out there in the desert getting chased. Daniel got thrown in a lion's den and an angel came. I mean, which I'm not sure if the lions or the angel was scary, but it was a tense moment right there. And Jesus' mother had some pretty tense moments when she had a virgin birth and she wasn't married and she got pregnant. I mean, there was a pretty tense moment in the community at that, that time. And tense moments, they just happen. They just happen. They just happen, left, come out of nowhere. Just a tense moment. And you're driving along, maybe it was a car crash, maybe someone broke a bone. It was a tense moment in basketball just the other day, I think, from what I've heard. There was a tense moment came with Jesus with his disciples who was having tense moments with Pharisees and with people that were yearning to be healed and he was coming down and he was having some pretty awesome moments and the disciples had an awesome moment with Jesus on numerous occasions and they had some full-on things happen. And this year, uh, you know, for me personally, I've had just a good dose of tense moments, coming to work, dealing with staff, dealing with people. And uh, you will find that God is, is always there. There's only one place where God isn't. And that's in, the, that's in hell. That's the only place. And that's a scary thought. 
But his presence fills this earth. If you wonder why there's light and life and good things, it's because of God. And there's some terrible places on earth, sure. But God is there. God is always there. His presence fills the earth. He always sees you. He always knows where you are. He knows where you've been. He knows what you're thinking. The Bible says before you say a word on your tongue, he knows what you're going to say. He knows all things. And sometimes it feels like he's not there. When you're in a moment, you're like, oh, I've got to deal with this person. Or I've got to do this thing or something happens. But he is really good. I love this environment because in this environment, there is a more focused awareness of where God is. And God is in a lot of hearts, yeah? God is in a lot of hearts. And earlier this year, Hudson actually preached a really good message. Uh, and it was about guarding your heart. And he spoke about uh, what the role of a guard is in the army. Really good message. And at that time, uh, I was just sort of having a bit of tension at work and at home. And God just sort of put his finger on a few things. And I sort of knew they were there. But, you know, sometimes when you have things, you just want to sweep them under the carpet, don't you? You just want to, oh, I'll deal with that later. I don't want to have that confrontation right now. I don't want to deal with that right now. And so for me, I had this long desire for years, for years, uh, and I really wanted to have a son. And then I got four daughters. I tried four times and it didn't work. Uh, What happened there? Anyway, Sarah just blamed me and I couldn't argue because she was right. And and then I thought... and I realised because I started to get a bit snappy at home. I was getting a bit, the tension started to come out and I was, I was sort of snapping at her a little bit. Sorry about that. Did we talk about this? Pretty sure we did. <laughs> Look, Sarah and I, we just, uh, we, you know, tension in our house. What are you going to have for dinner? What are you going to make for dinner? Oh, I think we'll have tacos. All right. That's, you know, it's pretty, pretty sweet sailing a lot of the time. There's not much tension. But every now and then... <laughs> We get a little bit of a tense moment. So, so I, I realise, and the Holy Spirit's like, you know, puts his finger on this thing, and I'm like, oh, and I'm trying to work out, how can I get a son? I get a son. Maybe we could have another baby. Maybe we could do that. But, like, I'm getting sort of 46-ish maybe this week. And so it's, you know, it's easier when you're 26, or even if you're 36, you're sort of in a better, better place. So, uh, so I have to sort of like, sort of, oh, no, I just, I'll just let it go. But it wouldn't go away. So I'm just like, all right, and then I find myself snapping at different moments at her and sort of, you know, not wanting to let it go. So I just go and see Chris, and he prays for me to have a settled heart, you know. And so I go away. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to have a settled heart about this and let this go. And then I'm like, but I don't, I don't really want a settled heart. I want to I wanna have a son. So how am I going to do that? Okay, then I'm praying for a miracle um, because I know that she is taking the pill. So, you know, unless I talk to her about it, so I'm like, no, nah, we're just going to go for the miracle thing. And I've seen people go for their selfish miracles before and think, man, you just got to go see a doctor. I saw one guy's like, we're believing for a miracle. And he had been married and uh, had a divorce and got remarried, which is fine, but he'd had the operation. So he's really believing for a miracle because he's had the thing tied up in a knot and it's not going to happen. And he's like, yep, we're believing for a miracle. I'm like, man, you got to go to the doctor. <laughs> so... So, yeah, so there's this tension that I, I didn't want to deal with and it was just sort of there and he's praying for a settled heart and I'm agreeing with him. But who knows, if you really want something, you can find anything. 
on the internet to agree with you. Um, and you can also just find a scripture, just back yourself up. Well, I'm the man of the house here and she should submit to me. And then the Holy Spirit would be like, yeah, but Jesus died on the cross and you know, you've got to love your wife like Christ who gave it all up. And I'm like, oh, don't. Now I'm not supposed to have any feelings. So just let it go. But, you know, you're going to get answers to prayer if you're agreeing with what God says and with, with his way. Um, so, uh, so, like, so I'm, I'm, I'm arguing my rights and I'm arguing what my thing is just for this thing. And uh, in that, those moments, what's coming out of me is not, not holy uh, because every now and then we're arguing, we're having a fight uh, over nothing, over tacos or something, you know. I don't want tacos tonight. It's not really about that. It's about something that's underlying in your heart that you haven't really listened to God about. So eventually I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'll, let it, I'll listen to you. I'll follow you. And just was able to just let it drift out with the tide because that's what happens when you walk with him. He actually releases peace in your tense moment. That's what he does. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And I've got about 50 scriptures, maybe 55 scriptures that we'll go through today about peace. No, I've got a couple. Um, so that was, that was part of my experience. Um, and praise the Lord for being in church and being under a message about guard your heart. Because out of your heart come the issues of life and out of your heart comes the, the stuff that's filling your heart. And so many people that I've sort of been involved with this year at work, out of their hearts is coming out all this tension stuff, all this stuff coming out all the time and some things are sort of instant right there and some things are long, long sort of things. So, so at work I had some very negative people and then one guy stole some stuff and that was just sort of adding stuff, adding pressure and tension moments and so it's just wonderful to actually be in this environment and have a Bible uh, and have a God who is near, have a God who is um, very close all the time uh, to, to go to um, and so this is sort of, you know, p- being part of my journey this year and, and noticing um, what comes out of, of someone's heart, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you were to ask me, oh, how's work going, like say three months ago, how's work going, what's going on? You know, it was all about COVID because COVID was a bit of an intense kind of time and it was all about sort of the staff that wouldn't get vaccinated and this negative guy and then this... This, uh, this guy who stole stuff and I'm thinking, man, I've got to change. I've got to take this heart and put it into a place where it's just listening to God more and not listening to all these voices because it can be very intense in times when you're waking up in the night and your mind starts working. Oh, just be quiet. You should be asleep right now. Don't think about that guy and what you've got to say to him tomorrow. Wait till tomorrow. Wait till tomorrow. And so there's different tensions that rise up and you're going to find that in moments in life where there's a tense thing that you didn't see coming that came, there's a person and there's a place of peace. And Jesus said in John 14, in verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What an awesome scripture. What an awesome gift the peace of God. And you will receive the peace of God if you ask Jesus to come into your life. If you receive Christ 
There's a moment when your heart goes and is set free and is set free into, I'm, I've got peace right now. I've got peace with God right now. And then ongoing, as you walk this life, as things or whatever comes up, there's a person, the Prince of Peace, there's the Holy Spirit, and you'll be guided by peace in different moments, in different ways. He will lead you and you will know because you get to know where the peace of God is and where he's going. And you start going against the grain, you're going to, oh, I'm not quite sure where my heart is today. And the disciples, they have this awesome moment with Jesus in John chapter 13 and 14, the Lord's Supper. And they celebrate the Passover. I have a fan, it's just an awesome Two passages, two chapters of, of Scripture. And this is where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. This is where Judas goes to betray Jesus. And they have, a, they have this awesome moment where he says different things to them. He's talking to them about leaving this world behind. Uh, and they're not quite getting it. They're, they're sort of thinking physically and he's talking spiritually He's talking to them about leaving them and they can come later on. Uh, and they're thinking, where's he? Go? Oh, he's been in Gosford for a while. Is he going to Newcastle? Why would you want to go to Newcastle? I mean, just hang around. Well, we're going to follow you. Why can't we come? Why can't he? He's talking about going back to heaven. And he says things to them when they say, oh, show us the Father. And Philip says, Philip says, show us the Father. And he says, don't you know me, Philip? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And this is fantastic uh, moment that they're having. Uh, he says to, to, Thomas says to him, where are you going? Where, where, we want to come too. Like, where, where are you going? And he's like, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So he keeps pointing them to the Father. He keeps pointing them to heaven. They're not quite getting it. They're not quite understanding. And they have this fantastic meal. They're sitting back. They're relaxed. He's washing their feet. He's telling them all this stuff about God. And they come out of that moment into a very intense moment where he's arrested. He's betrayed. He's arrested. He's beaten. He has a false trial. And he's crucified. And he says this to them before that all happens. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. It's not the season of peace. It's the season of physical peace, of world peace. That's not the season. It's the season of salvation. There's still a lot going on in the spiritual places. It's the season of the Holy Spirit on the earth. Peace will come when Jesus comes back to this earth. Right now it's time for peace in hearts, in your heart. It's peace between the Father and hearts. And he's pointing them to this peace that he's making through the cross. You know, God loves you. God loves you. But his love doesn't save you. A lot of loved people aren't saved. Salvation comes through peace, through the cross. It comes because what Jesus did. It's, it's forgiveness by this cross, by this death and this resurrection, this death for sin, to take away sin out of your heart and give you a heart that has peace. Give you a heart that has peace. So people think, oh, you know, all kinds of things about God. God loves me. Yes, God, God loves you. But unless you receive what Jesus has done, you will not receive peace. You will not receive peace. So tension and different things has an effect, and it had an effect on the disciples. 
They all scattered and then he brought them all back together. But tension demands, tensions and different things you go through demand, they demand attention. And sometimes so much attention that you almost forget about God or what God is doing or the call of God for your life. And it can be just a moment or it can be something that drains out for years, drags out for years. This underlying and just this burden or something that you never really dealt with can drag out for years. In Psalm 6, verse 7, it says, My eyes of faith won't focus anymore, for sorrow fills my heart. There are so many enemies that come against me. And whatever causes sort of hard things or tension in your heart or in your spirit, it's either going to be the devil, because that's what he does. It's going to be, you actually made a bad decision and now there's consequences for that decision. Or God is trying to build something in your character. That's sort of why things sort of happen. You can sort of relate most things back to that in life, whether it's just life itself. That's sort of what happens. And so to me, attention kind of thing that's going on sort of demands this attention and pours your mind, oh, I've got to deal with this thing, I've got to deal with this thing. But the peace of God sort of overrides that and causes you to focus on God and focus on what he is doing. And you can sit in church and miss out on what God is doing because of what you're thinking about, because you've got something dragging your heart in this way, in that way. I don't feel that's right. I'm not right. This, this. Jesus is sitting there. There's a whole crowd of people. He's on the mountain. He's teaching them about the Pharisees. Don't follow the Pharisees. Not let her, no. and he's teaching them all ki- things about the kingdom. And a guy yells out. It's out of his heart. Obviously, he's got some issues that he yells out, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. I mean, right there. He has just missed out on what everything Jesus, he's just gone there for an answer for his problem. He's just gone there for an answer for his problem. And I'm, I'm a big believer that God will answer prayers and invite God into all circumstances, pray without ceasing, cast your cares on the Lord, you know, all that. But, but peace with God is what, our focus is. And so this guy just yells out and Jesus sort of looks and he's like, mate, who made me judge between you and your brother? And then he warns the people about greed because that's what the real issue of his heart is. And sometimes that's what our prayers can be a bit like, you know. When we've got this issue, well, haven't you fixed it yet? Well, haven't you f- well it's been ages. Have you fixed- this is not fair. This is not right. And this sense of justice and what's right and what's not right. You know, it was real injustice for Jesus to go on the cross. That was an unjust trial, an unjust crucifixion. And this is what we hold to. So when your heart is crying out for justice on whatever thing is going on, whatever, whether it's small or if it's a large thing, and there's a sense of justice in all of us, yes, pray about it. But pray in faith. Don't just be yelling out something, yelling out your prayer to Jesus. I think David uh, is a great example of, of this kind of prayer because he's out in the desert and Saul's persecuting him and he's had a prophecy. He's been anointed king. You're the next king of Israel. And he's out there in Psalm 63. He says, but the king will delight in God. The king will delight in God. But he's not the king. He's just the persecuted soldier out in the desert. But he's declaring before he is the king, the king will delight in God. Yes, he's under intense pressure, but he's declaring the goodness of God in a a place where there's no water. He's like, I thirst in this 
dry land where there is no I thirst for your presence. And he's just declaring God's goodness. And so if you're going to cry out to God, cry out in faith and cast your cares on him through an atmosphere of praise that there is an answer, that he is good, that he is for you, that he is going to help you. So in times when you have different tensions going on, keep going. Keep going. Keep believing in God. Keep on being alive in church. Keep going. Colossians 3 verse 5 says this, Let your heart always be guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his body. So if you want to know where peace of God is, it's in Christ, but it's also in what he's doing. And it says, and always be thankful. Let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his body and always be thankful. And so here you will find peace in this place, in this environment, when you are in a place where he's called you. You will find peace in that place. And the devil's game is to sort of get you offside a bit and get some tension with someone probably in this place so that you, you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. Or that's, I want to do something else. Or I don't want to be in the kids' church anymore. Or I don't want to do that. It, it, that's his game. And I, I have really enjoyed over the years playing at a good level of football uh, and playing with good players. And uh, you, you, when you play over 35s, no one cares. It's old, guys. There's no pressure. There's no tension. Unless you're sort of playing church comp. Then there's a different level of intensity. I'm not sure what it is with church comp football, um, but it's something that just flicks in all the the minds of of the uh, Christian people, so-called Christian people, that play church comp football. And uh, and then they, it's like they're playing for the World Cup, like the literal World Cup. Uh, and it is on the line. And it is tense. Um, and it's not quite like that if you play at a good level, Hudson. But one thing that you always do, you played reasonable level, I saw you. What were you playing, first grade or something? Army, played for Australia. <laughs> rugby, football, rugby. Hey, look, sport. Okay, all right, let the rugby boys hassle the soccer boys. <laughs> and I agree with you. Because all you've got to do is just, like, not even touch a professional footballer. And it's like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> I cracked my nail. I don't know if you've ever watched them, but they do carry on a lot because they're under so much pressure. And rugby, they just hit it up and they... Just hit it up really hard. And, um, but club football is, is a cross between the uh, rugby and the professional footballers. So it's a little bit tougher. But, um, you know, just blow my own trumpet a bit. Um, but uh, one of the game, one, one thing is if, it, if you are in a pressure game or you're playing against a very good team, you want to put them off. And if they make a mistake, you make sure you let them know how bad that mistake. You enlarged that mistake. Oh, good on you, buddy. You kicked it out. Oh, you, 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 you had a shot at goal and it went, it went out for a throw-in. You had a shot at goal and it went out for a throw-in. Are you a striker? Shouldn't you be out the back? 
And so you, you sort of let them know of their mistakes to put pressure on them. So they keep making mistakes. Uh, and if you've ever been in that environment, you know you cop it when you make a mistake uh, from the other team. So uh, it's the way of sport. And if you've ever watched cricket uh, and seen the wicketkeeper, he's always hustling the batter, I'm telling you. That guy's always in his ear. To t- oh, you missed that one. Ooh, can you see the ball? Can you see it? Professional sports. And it's sort of what the devil does in our minds when we're in church. Are you sure? Are you sure? Oh, you're not as good as what you... Nah. And these negative thoughts and these different things come in. He's trying to put you off your game. Let me tell you, he's trying to put you off your game. And God has a plan and a call for everyone in this room and everyone that's out in the community. And it is good. It is for good. And it is for his glory because he is good and he has good plans. He knows what he's doing. As we heard last week, he's sovereign over all of this, this planet. And he's working things for salvation. He's working things for good so that people will know him. And your free will, he's after your decision. But it's your choice, your choice. So in times of tension, just keep going. Don't back out. Just keep going. If there's a little moment or a bigger moment, something hard, maybe you need to talk to someone. I came in the other week and I, I changed my, uh, uh, my conversation coming out of my heart because was, it was like a couple of staff. And so if someone asked me about work, I'd be like, all right, I've got to change this. And so people would say, oh, how's work going? Like, oh, yeah, it's full, you know, it's going good. And the thing is that half of my staff are actually doing amazing work and the other half that won't get vaccinated they had to leave so it left me with a big hole um but you know that's all right god's in a filling holes uh and so so i changed i like yeah it's full it's good and um you know i'm really blessed and just started changing what i was coming out of my heart because as soon as you start talking negative you start sort of getting down but unless janelle is on the door because she's a professional counselor you can start telling her little things that are in your heart and when you walk in you actually feel much better trust me i did it and I was like, whew, free counselling right at the door, coming into church. It's great. God bless. Well done, John. Punched above your weight there, but that's all right. <laughs> hey, look, so did you, Frosty. And oh, Caleb, you can argue the point. Um, pretty good guy. Pretty good guy, Caleb. Um, but in times of tension, keep going. Uh, And then in times of tension, now this is pretty obvious, pray about it. Yeah, pray. And probably pray first. Um, Pray first, but keep going and then pray. Uh, If only prayer was like a little can in a fridge and you could just open it and drink it and open up a can. Uh, And I would say in times of tension, open up a can and pray. Uh, and that's what I tell my workers when they're, oh, a bit pasty, a bit lethargic. Mate, open up a can of fire up a bit and let's get the job done. Come on. Um, it's usually a Red Bull. Um, but, yeah, just, just pr- pray. Pray. In Philippians 4 verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. Isn't that interesting? Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, so this comes back to that heart of worship and faith, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds 
in Christ. Will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Do not be anxious about anything. I mean, he says that because you're going to probably find a moment when you're anxious about something. Something's going to happen. You're going to find a bit of tenseness in your heart. Ah, that's the invitation to pray about it and believe that God and maybe get someone else to pray with you. Maybe ask, phone a friend, phone Sarah. If you need help with finances and need you to pray, phone someone. Everyone can phone someone. Ring someone. Phone the pastor. Phone your connect group leader. Just talk to someone. Give me a call. Just can you pray for me? Can we got to work this out? We're going to get through this. Okay, so in times of tension, Open up a can of peace and pray. Get some God perspective. Get it, instead of being above you, get it sort of in a position where you're above it, whatever's going on, and pray about it and, and believe God and uh, really have faith. So Ian Cowie comes to church, and so he uh, is a prophet, a prophetic guy, and he says to me, Byron, God is re- doing a reset uh, and he's enlarging your, uh, the presence of God in, in, uh, in you. And that's great. That's, that's an encouraging thing. I'm not so sure about the reset, though. It sounded like a good idea at the time. Um, but now I'm really praying through that because uh, I've had in work so many staff leave. And so that's, that's just been a challenge. I'm like, okay, this is good then. This is good. Even though all these guys that I've trained for years are gone, this is going to be good. This is going to work out for good. So instead of praying, oh, give me new stuff, I'm like, this is going to work out for good. Bless this. I bless this. I bless it when I get up and I bless it all the time and I'm blessing it. Instead of before when I was a bit like, oh, man, this is heavy. I've got to deal with this negative person again today. Uh, and so it changes your perspective when you in, listen to what God is saying and listen to the Word of God, and especially if a prophet comes, and pray in faith. So the last thing I just want to finish with, in times of tension, remember God's promises. And I would say this, uh, that not just remember his promises, but remember a testimony from someone else or remember what he's done for you in the past. Remember what he's done for you in the past. So I, I get to this, this point where I'm, I'm sort of starting to put pressure back on these negative people and that's what I did and they left and it was good. Um, um, but it, it, it takes a little bit of a responsibility and, and so I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going through this word again. I lift my eyes to the hill. Psalm 121, let's, let's get that one up because that was a pivotal moment for me. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And then it goes on. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. So I get to this psalm. I love this psalm. This psalm is a great psalm. And it's a real promise of when you don't know the answer, get your head up and have a look. Where's God? Well, he's in heaven and he's in your heart and he's everywhere. And so lift up. Don't lift down all the time. So I'm trying to do this and I realise I'm just sort of going through the motions. And then I remember when I first discovered this psalm. It was back in... Um, where I early came to Christ, I was in Mexico, and I've shared some of these stories before. And so this particular psalm was a great discovery for me in that time because what happened was we were building homes in sort of remote communities, and a lot of the times the communities were sort of all uh, together. This community, it was just sort of one house here, and then way over there was another house, and so it was a bit more separated. Uh, and it was actually the year before these guys, I think Leah and... Mitchell and 
Tim and Nikki came, and if I forgot, who else came? Sorry, who? Janelle, of course. Janelle, how was 16? 16, she was 16 and she came to Mexico, we're building a house, so that was the year after, so the year before, we're doing this thing and we've done the first week, we're into the second week and we're, we've come together, so usually you work in a crew, uh, which is a bit like a job site, and you go out and you pour, a, you mix up concrete with a, with a mattock uh, in a tub, there's no truck pull up and dump a load of concrete and screed it, Caleb, that's, that's easy. Um, there is like, alright, let's get a bag of cement and some gravel and let's all mix it up. Uh, and we went through this process to build this double house. Anyway, uh, towards the end of the project, uh, these guys scoped us out the afternoon before and then were waiting for us at 7 o'clock in the morning. And it, over there, it was like the, the similar winter to here, so it's cold, people are tired, uh, and we'd been tired from working. So we pull up and there's these guys and, and they don't have coffee. I'm just disappointed straight away. They, they, they're not extra labourers to give us a hand. These guys have got guns and they're helping us, helping to alleviate us of our belongings. So, so that's what they did and I'm sitting in the car and I'm driving this thing and I look and, I, and someone goes, oh, this guy's got a gun. And it's all, there's a little whisper start going on and the other van that was in front of us, they all got out and then they're getting robbed right in front of me. And I look in the rear vision mirror and I see two guys walking around to come to my door and I'm like slow motion trying to lock the door and I think it was an angel or something because I missed the lock, which was about that big, and a big American, you know, awesome car. Love American cars. They're just great. And so I'm trying to lock the door, which I don't know what that would have done because they had guns. So, uh, so I try and lock the door, and I miss, and then he opens the door, and there's two of them, and one of them's got a, a single-barrel shotgun, and he just opens his jacket and goes, get out. And I complied with, with, with his um, direction. Uh, except that I forgot that I had legs and I fell out. And then one of the girls in the back started freaking out, thinking I got hit or something. Uh, and anyway, there's, there's quite, you know, there's some 16-year-old girls and a couple of older guys, and I, I would have been mid-20s then. Um, and so um, there's a sort of intense moment and chaos going on, and, and, uh, and they drove off with all our stuff. Now, we had an awesome, well, I, maybe I had... I had an awesome adventure in God after that. You know, out of Mexico with passport, no passport, stole our passport, stole our shoes, stole heaps of stuff, money. Some guys, some old guy that was with us, his medication, he was in real, uh, he, he had some issues. Um, but what a, a sort of a tense moment. And so some of the guys, some of the older guys started to get angry with God. How can you let this happen? Uh, real sense of justice. Why is this happening? Uh, and then I discover this psalm and I get God's peace Psalm 121, I look to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And God helped us the whole time. God was there, no one got hurt. We, uh, I think it was 14 of us didn't have passports, got back out of Mexico into America, back into Australia, and there was just answered prayer. The whole time we had this real God experience. And this psalm came, I discovered this psalm and was able to share that with these guys who were getting offended. They come down, God's peace came. And so this year when I was going through some tense moments, came back to this psalm. Remember what he'd done then was like, okay, well, this is fine. You know, if that, he did it then, he's going to do it again. And that's when peace came, when you trust in God. Come on, let's stand and pray. Father God, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that, um, yeah, you have not left us uh, without help, without you, Lord God. And you have given us so many 
uh, awesome things, Lord. And we just thank You so much for Your peace. We thank You for the peace that You made between us and the Father uh, through the cross, Lord God. And we thank You, Lord, that You have places of peace in Your Word, Lord, in, in times of prayer and in Your house, Lord God. And so, Lord, You know our hearts and You know what the issues of our hearts are and the challenges that we face. So, Lord, we just uh, open up our hearts and lay them before You, Lord God. And we just choose, Lord, to, to yeah, lay some things down that we've been hanging on to uh, and go Your way because we know that You are good. And we really thank You for Your peace today. Lord, and that we would listen to it uh, and that you would, you would just show us steps that are in front, that you would help us just to trust. Lord God, we thank you for your many, many experiences and promises that we have when we connect with you, we walk with you, and we're in this environment together, Lord God. You haven't left us alone. You've placed us together and you've placed your word and your spirit here. And right now, Lord God, we just lift up our hearts to you, Lord God, to say, have your way with his areas of peace, Lord, come. Lord God, with his areas of tension, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you have a way of peace, even if it's beyond our knowledge, beyond our understanding, where we don't fully see uh, the, the, how to navigate out of something or the pressure that, that a circumstance or a person might bring. Lord God, we thank you for this foundation, this foundation of peace, Lord God, between heaven and earth between your ways, Lord God, and our uncertainties, Lord God, we receive this peace today in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.